Welcome to a broadened. Uh, we're back. Twenty twenty one edition. Twenty twenty one edition. Um, what are we going? So we're going to recap the last six months. A lot of comparison between uh, what's been going on in Japan, where we're currently living, and uh, with um, the paradise that is the U.S. I guess more that more so than comparing with other countries, right? So, so how was your 2020? Oh, actually, like, well, now I feel guilty because it wasn't bad. Like, <laughs> we all have good stories yeah. of, of how amazing 2020 was. Like, I, I went kite surfing in Okinawa a couple months ago, paid by the Japanese government. Oh, <laughs> you know, okay. like that wasn't bad. Um, but, uh, oh, well, now I just feel bad. Um, okay, so, I, okay, I want to start off with like some of like, you know, I've had calls with relatives in the U.S. and they're just have been having a terrible. They had a terrible 2020, and then I have to explain like, oh, like they're like, "Oh, what did you bid do yesterday?" I was like, "Oh, I went to a restaurant like, with my friends or something." Wow, that's so that's so luxurious. You went outside. Yeah. You're allowed to go outside, and then there were things open. People think I'm like a psychopath. You know, like people <laughs> people think I voted for Trump, and I like I'm oh, gonna yeah. storm yeah. Capitol Hill. <laughs> like I'm like what just, basically. It's not everywhere is the same as the U.S. Um, yeah, it's hard to imagine. It's it, you know I I don't have as dismal of stories uh, from my family members, but it is it is hard to imagine like people actually living through what is actual lockdown and what is actual like curfews and stuff. It's amazing that those governments reacted that way. Yeah, but yeah, in, J- in Japan, it's very tame. Uh, well, okay, so a couple things. Actually, maybe I'll start by asking you. In Ohio, are people, they had that locked, they did have a lockdown, right? And then actually, there was also a lawsuit about that. Um, the end of which I, I, I never heard. But that did that, did lockdowns go away in Ohio? I think it was, so it was like a very short time. Like a lot of the podcasts and whatnot that I listen to, people will say, oh, you know, this was meant to be a two-week lockdown and here we are 10 months later. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it was basically like a two week thing in Ohio. Like, so I know some people there that they weren't allowed to go to the park with their kids because the park was closed. Mm. Uh, and then like, grocery stores were always open, but restaurants were closed. I, I don't. I'm not exactly sure how long that lasted, but it, it's it definitely wasn't going on toward the end of the year last year. And like, m- you know, like some of my family just you know they're wearing masks when they go out. Uh, I mean, they're driving. I just imagine them all driving around wearing masks. Wait, you don't walk anywhere. So let me get this but, straight. You actually have restaurants in Ohio? Or is- yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, my dad uh, accidentally always admits, he always says he doesn't go anywhere. And then he accidentally admits, like, oh, you went to breakfast yesterday. <laughs> but they do have, like, the, they, do the parti- they do the partition thing mm-hmm. there now, you know, and, and, and he, he wears his mask, so he says. Uh, but yeah, it goes, the grocery stores were never really closed. I, I think they did do a lockdown, like restaurants closed and all that. But that was over relatively quickly. I don't, uh, at least where he's at. Uh, I think it's same as uh, for North Carolina, where it wasn't. It happened within it wasn't that long. Um, I'm not sure on the restaurant thing. That might still not be a, totally an option in North Carolina. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem as bad in those places compared to like a lot of the stuff I always uh, hear about is either Canada, like Montreal, or or California. Yeah, California. California. That's what I wanted to get to because California has been fucking ridiculous. Uh, okay, a couple of the highlights from people uh, like that I've 
people I know from California is just like my buddy who he got an Airbnb outside of San Francisco, kind of a little a little north of, of, of San Francisco. And then I think they went on a road trip to Montana. Like everyone, you know, it's so funny, like everyone is working remote and then everyone's going on road trips, which also just makes me think, well, why couldn't you always do that? Sounds great. Yeah. But then like everywhere else, everyone is like hates that they have Californians coming in. Yeah. And then like, I, I think I told you this where I, he went to Montana and he was like there for like a week and he's like, oh, I, he's like, oh, I'm going back. I'm like, why are you going back to the Bay Area? He's like, it's too expensive. I'm like, it's too expensive to stay in Montana. But it was because they're renting uh, like a tent and an RV and um, like, I mean, combined. And then like so many people from California or other places were trying to do that there that the prices were like <laughs> hundreds of dollars. That's, that's genius. Yeah. Um, I thought there was going to be like an out of state tax <laughs> yeah. for, for staying at this Airbnb. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. That, that's a good point. I don't know why they don't have that. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it's a private out-of-state tax. But yeah. the... Um, oh, man. But the... Oh, and then... Okay. Well, let's just jump to the conclusion, which is a headline that I sent you, which is at the end of 2020, the, there was more deaths due to overdoses in San Francisco than COVID. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... I mean, that doesn't sound like too much of a shocker. That's like saying in, in Tokyo there was more deaths jumping, people jumping in front of a train yeah. than COVID. Yeah, I just, uh, it's fucking uh, disturbing. Uh, yeah, and like San Francisco, it's pretty hard, right? Like you can't, there's no restaurants really open, right? Or you can't, if you go outside, there's nothing to do. But you're, you're allowed to go outside, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, although that was like taken off for a while too. You couldn't even like go hiking and shit. Right. And uh, people were losing their fucking mind. And it's totally unreasonable, like, all that kind of stuff, not being able to go outside. Um, Is there curfews? And Oof. Yeah. I, I, I'm well, the, sure. cra the crazy one is just the Montreal where, you, you know, it's like at 8 p.m. you have to be in your house. And the only reason you're allowed out is to, is to walk a dog. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's the only animal you're allowed to walk. You can't walk a cat. <laughs> like, well, and like somebody sat down and wrote a list of like what you're, you know, the animals you're allowed to walk outside. Yeah, and well, I I find it, a, you know, it's it's really a travesty that dominatrixes can't walk their slaves. You know, yeah, they're not allowed. You can't. The, that doesn't count. They've got the collar. Everything is legit. But the yeah, man, I mean, people in California, like they that I talked to at least, were getting so down throughout the year. Um, one because of politics and like uh, and then like the lockdown combined kind of and I think like just the lockdown made people focus you know like obsess about politics um, more than and then yeah I don't know um, yeah it's, I mean it's hard because I, I always tend to have the dark humor and then I, I I talk to someone from California and make jokes about it and then it's just like well maybe it's not funny to them. <laughs> Because I don't know, I just read these news stories and it sounds like funny in a dark humorous sort of way. Like, this is, is this really true kind of a thing? Yeah. yeah. It's it's probably pretty, I can't, I can't actually imagine it. So, you know, life in Tokyo, we did a shutdown in April yeah. for almost a month. Um, wait, wait, slow down. So, so yeah. when we say, also, that's the other thing. 
like when we say shutdown or lockdown or state of emergency in Tokyo, it just it's more like the government is like, please. Yeah, yeah. So I think I I don't know if it's a clever thing or if it has something to do with the Japanese law, but they they don't actually force. So in the, let's talk one of the one in April first. So they didn't actually force anyone closed, but they you, you could you could get uh, kind of like similar paycheck protection type money if you abide by their suggestions. And so because they did it that way, and, and in Japan, I don't know, you have a huge obedience uh, level. So so most places tended to obey, and they cut back like smaller places cut back their hours. Bigger shopping malls completely closed. That was the only time I ever saw something completely like were just closed for two weeks was like big shopping malls. I'm not sure what deal they got monetarily, but the government said if you abide by these things, we'll give you money basically. Yeah. Um, and then mostly everybody did it, but you didn't have to. And there were places that were still open. Uh, and that, that was in April. And that, that only lasted uh, max a month. Yeah. And then everything was basically back to normal. I guess we're doing the recap. We'll just go through the timeline. So then everything back to normal and then take a pause. Yeah. So no, you are right. Like it, like it, it is a gov- like they, the government does not have powers. My understanding to in Japan to enforce lockdown. And right. unlike the U S they actually follow those laws. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I think that's, that's like a, one of the big differences, which is kind of strange. Cause I think people in the U S think like Japan is a place where you don't have freedoms. But like, yeah. it's like not like that. And partially, it's like a weird. It's not. I don't know. It's just such a weird system. I think like in in some ways they're they were afraid to do an order like that. I don't think necessarily they're like afraid of the people or something. Like they're gonna they're gonna revolt. But I think like they are afraid of like losing face in a way. Like they they said to do something and then it didn't work out well then they can get blamed and and they'll just you know recall these politicians immediately if they did something that that shows they're not popular like they're not rioting but like if the if they're not popular or something then they'll just get replaced that's it's like a weird yeah i think that's what we have like uh maybe we should look into because the prime minister right can be replaced by his own party right very easily and and they do it a lot yeah Um, and they he he's under threat right now Oh, I think he, he, yeah, I think he'll think he's going to be around. Yeah, so actually that's something maybe we should uh, talk about in another episode, like go into yeah. how, how. So yeah, that that balance might be a good way to have, I don't know, that might be a good check on something. But but it's all combined together in how society generally yeah. reacts to stuff as well. So it's, you can't, it's hard to maybe emulate, but. All right, well, I know uh, before we get to your timeline, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger has also advocated for that. I know. Like, oh, really? He wants, he, he thinks politicians should be recalled more easily mm. and yeah i didn't even know about the recalling thing like that i didn't know that was a thing until recently yeah and uh, you know my i fucking hate him gavin newsom <laughs> governor <laughs> yeah. of california um yeah i would he i think last i read that they ha- is that they have over a, a million signatures yeah i think you'll get it on the ballot i, I think there'll be a ballot then i is that your one of your twenty twenty one predictions, Gavin Newsom? Well, I think it'll be on the ballot. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's as unpopular as people th- think. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if people will really vote to recall him, but I think they have. I think they have the signatures to get it on yeah. the ballot. I actually, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think it'll make it to the ballot. I suspect it won't go through. The but ah oh, man, you know he like. Did I tell you about that? Like he 
he, you know, when he was, I think it was when he was a mayor, after he was mayor of San Francisco, he, like, cheated on his campaign manager, camp, wait, he cheated on his wife with his campaign manager's wife or something insane. Okay. Like, he did, uh, I'm, I might be getting a little bit of that, but I, I believe that's the story. But uh, I'm just always surprised, like, you can do that, and then you can be the governor. <laughs> like, I'd, yeah. like here, here's, here's the way I think about this, is, like, if you're willing to fuck over, like, someone who works with you closely at the minimum and might be your friend, and, and, or, you know, at least they think you're their friend, then, like, why would you not fuck over total strangers? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Like, uh None of no politicians really have that much of a, a moral high ground argument anyway. But I think he's done worse things than that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, most people don't care, and it's like I don't know who he was going up against. Uh, if if you only have two choices, maybe yeah, he, he wasn't that bad. Like maybe the other guy did did that to everybody on his staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like well, he only did it to his campaign manager. Yeah, <laughs> lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, who knows. Um, yeah, but to the timeline thing. So yeah, the so Japan has that kind of um, I don't know relationship with the government. So maybe that helped it sort of in this case. Uh, but the the funnier thing was after the lockdown, the next thing the government did was uh, do the go to travel campaign, where they gave you basically thirty percent discounts across the board to travel around Japan, uh, transportation discount, and staying at the hotel discount. And they would give you like vouchers to go out to eat, uh, really cheap if you, if you stay at a hotel like for one night, like basically another like just bonuses everywhere. Yeah, and and, and then they're surprised that then COVID went up after all this. Yeah, so, like, you yeah. could have predicted that our pro travel inside Japan thing led to a spread of the disease. Yeah, the uh, it's so funny because it's like um, it's such a Japanese way of doing things where. Like, you could, uh, like, Japanese Japanese hate the idea of someone getting money without doing, like, work or, sh- or like, look like th- looking like they're doing work. Like, they just don't like that idea. So it's like, uh, so first of all, the go-to-travel go campaign, it was, you could use it even through Airbnb and Booking.com. And I think if you went through a travel agency, you could even get the airfare. Right, like everything as a package discounted. Yeah, everything. And then, um, yeah, you get those vouchers. And then, uh, like, when I, because I, I went on two trips using Go to Travel and um, both in Okinawa, and um, like certain rest, a lot of the restaurants are would accept those vouchers, and they have like they would have the Go to Travel campaign like sticker, uh, like on a placard or you know just like near the door or whatever um and and it was pretty awesome from yeah domestic travel point of view but like the other way of doing that is like why why couldn't you just subsidize those businesses 30 percent of like what you know like just give them money directly but like somehow that goes against like uh morals or ethics in in japan i mean i do i do like their method in general better but yeah, they don't like to do the direct subsidy thing. I don't know what they have. I don't know exactly why. If there's some historical reason, or it's just maybe they even policy-wise they're not allowed to 
just give money to businesses. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because not everybody. There were certain uh, requirements to be able to to accept go to travel vouchers and whatnot. Although I think that was up to the business. I don't think it was that strict to get into the program, but not everywhere accepted it. But some crazy places did. Like we did that and stayed three nights essentially in a, in a like a tent thing. But yeah, we got like essentially a hundred and like hundred dollars or hundred twenty dollars of like these like just vouchers that are valid during the days of your travel based on uh, what days you booked the hotel. But we just went to the outlets and bought like shoes. <laughs> Well, you just go to the shoe store and just like, oh, sure. Yeah, this is, you know, so you just got discounts across the board that, yeah, I guess the government then reimburses that amount to the business. But I don't know. I, I kind of like the Japan approach to that, like not forcing businesses close, but encouraging them with subsidy if they do. And then, you know, not just giving travel company. That was the thing. Travel company is obviously hurting the most. Uh, but, you know, just giving them like these reimbursements if they can attract people to stay yeah i i actually i do like it as well i would just say like it's a there's a couple tricky situations with those which is one is like obviously that model can uh actually you know cause more uh covid to spread across japan and more more cases to appear but the more transmission that's what i want to say the the other thing though is like some of the like with like a lot of government plans in Japan, inevitably you end up encouraging businesses to stay alive that really shouldn't anyway. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the U.S. saw a lot of that too with the with like those payment those loans they gave businesses. Yeah. It's like they stayed open for six more months and then now they closed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know how you like handled those that group of cases along with the others like. But um, maybe you just have to make another filter with like how what kind of businesses you'll subsidize. But um, yeah, just take just take the loss. Yeah, Depends just take the, more yeah. money doing worse things. Yeah, exactly. But okay, so now uh, after go to travel, um, well, uh, starting in was it January? We, well, yeah, January is the big uh, yeah. holiday that everybody has like a week and traditionally everybody goes back to their hometown stays with their parents they encouraged people not to do that and then they suspended the campaign during all that and i think it was supposed to come back the week after everybody would have been back to work but then they've uh, i think indefinitely suspended it yeah. at the moment because i don't know they hit all these you know magical base 10 milestones of like a thousand per day of this or a hundred per day of that that are super important obviously so because of those, uh, yeah, they've they've uh, suspended that and do, they're doing another state of emergency, which means uh, restaurants close at 8. Yeah, this, so this is the funniest thing. Like, uh, And also the restaurants that do follow that and they do close at 8, they get a daily subsidy for following that recommendation. And it's like $600, right? Yeah, and here's the great part about that is it's it's flat across the board, doesn't matter how big the restaurant is. So what I read is that some restaurants that are big, it's like totally not enough to cover the loss. But then the the taco shop I go to in my neighborhood, like it seats like less than 10 people or something. You know, it seats like 10 people max. And they're like, this is like more money than we make in a day. This is fucking Oh, yeah, great. yeah. 
Like no, we went. I, I went out last night, and it was also it was like a standing bar that could s- maybe stand five people. Yeah, <laughs> and like that that dude's going home at eight. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like we're closing at eight, and he's like just please get out of my bar because <laughs> yeah, six hundred dollars is more than he makes every any day. But yeah. like uh, I really find it weird that they couldn't just make it. Like I assume that they have uh, you know like in the U.S. when you. you uh, a restaurant has to get like a maximum occupancy rating. Like yeah. I can have 15 people in, in my restaurant. Like I'm sure they do the same thing in Japan, right? They're rated for how many people can be in the re- yeah, establishment. Yeah, I, so why, why not just tag it per head? Well, I think they, I think either uh, there's two, two reasons. One is they, they don't really either this accomplished the goal, right? So mm. the the main thing they don't want, I think, is so many businesses open and so many of these small shops exist in Japan that will, given six hundred dollars, they'll definitely choose to close. So you you probably close eighty percent of these restaurants, right? If yeah. you just say, if you just say we'll give you six hundred bucks, then they don't have to do any of that work, right? To yeah. say, okay, this is a small one, this is a big one, and then the big ones either either they just don't care. Or strategically, that's like you know them giving a benefit to a big business. Right? They can they can stay open, but the small guys can't. Yeah, or won't or won't maybe is the better way. You know, I think it might have just accomplished their goal in a really pragmatic way. Yeah, I think you, yeah, I see what you're saying. So it, so it could work that way. Like um, yeah. You, you, so uh, you're not really worried. Like if you're everything was closed. If you're a big business, you probably like your size area, for example. I know they're like I think their revenues down eighty percent. But like, Caesarea probably has the uh, cash reserves to, you know, to handle it. Right. So yeah, maybe maybe that's like not really the the group you care about anyway. Yeah. I, the the weirder thing is just that does, does this really do anything? You know, like th- does does closing at eight magically stop something? Oh yeah. Well, when I, when I went to the taco bar, it just meant it was full before eight yeah yeah exactly right where usually it's not right? yeah <laughs> yeah everybody's yeah. got to rush to get there at seven because the last order is at seven and then you can all cram together there from seven to eight yeah and then and then at eight you turn off the lights and everyone and yeah. so it looks like it's closed <laughs> right yeah. right you pull down the window yeah, shades ex- that's yeah, exactly yeah. what you do <laughs> so you're saying speakeasies this is, this yeah. is really your time to yeah. shine yeah yeah, so I, I just never think a lot of these lockdown things actually accomplish anything, but they look good, and uh, you know, I don't know. And this one, at least, giving people six hundred dollars probably shut most businesses if that was that if that's what you wanted to happen. But I think if you have a business, this is a great time to just get a free six hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, per day. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's uh, that's amazing. This shop is running out of like, uh, you know, like a hole in the wall practically. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's about their monthly rent. Yeah, Yo, for sure. You know? uh, it's, so it's a boon, you know. So then, can you really complain? It's kind of then a, like a boon for yeah. small business, but yeah, it, it might just extend some of these for staying open longer than they ever should. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Japan's way, I, I'm okay with the way it handled. So again, like the, the place we're living is not. And it's hard for us to imagine like what, really what a lockdown would be like. We we can still go out and ride trains and I don't know there's not really any anything essentially shut down yeah so it's it's been Japan's not a bad place so be so far but I want I, I, this is where I maybe I'll come in with some biology stuff so I you know there's a bunch of it's it's really uncertain why there's so few deaths 
and not just deaths, but cases in Japan compared to the US or Europe, for example. And there's a couple theories floating around. None of them um, you know, have much uh, rigor behind them yet. But the one is that Japanese people have been exposed to similar viruses in the past. Um, another is like, oh, they just, the genetics are different. So maybe uh, that plays a part with transmission. Uh, what is the other one? It's like, one is that, well, Japanese people think it's because they're clean and foreigners are dirty. Like that's the, like a lot of the Japanese politicians are pushing, I, pushing that one. I heard it was because, uh, when you speak English, there's a lot of plosive sounds. Yeah. And so plosive sounds spread the virus. Is that really the one ja of them? Oh yeah. That's completely a oh, thing. Jesus. Like on the, TV I think there something. was even like an NHK yeah. thing about it because we're very, you know, we, we talk louder and we, everything's like, like buzz and puh and duh. And when we're doing that, we're just spitting viruses everywhere. But Japanese is very, you know, lower and oh, more geez. uniform without those sounds. Oh, and those sounds are the reason that, like, look at the, I mean, look at the evidence. Italy, you know, Italy, very loud, very plosive language. All, all those kind of languages spread the disease in those countries. But right. So, so don't speak English on the train is, is I guess, what I'm saying. Right. And, uh, well, Taiwan seems fine. That's true. Is Chinese a plosive Sure, ni sure, bur sure. Zai. I guess those spread. Well, I mean, the disease came from there. So, yeah. what other evidence do you want to? Yeah. Do you want? The uh, um, was it? Uh, so, one of my crackpot theories that I mentioned to you before is that I wonder if, like, I mean, already the mortality is going to be higher in London and the U.S. because everyone is fat, like, the obesity rates are like sixty, seventy percent or something, right? Or like they're the, you know, yeah, if you, oh, yeah, if you the yeah. com what do they call those comorbidities? If you look at all the stats, there's all you know most of the deaths in, in general in like the CDC website, they list a lot of different comorbidities. So that obviously has some effect, and I think in general, yeah, Japan is better. I, th I think you've seen similar stats in Korea. Yeah, and well. so one of my new crackpot theories is I wonder if also having a pre-existing condition increases your viral load when you get sick so you become more transmissible like because your immune system isn't very good and and uh you're you can't react to the virus appropriately yeah i think um, immune system health i don't know if anyone will ever really be interested to look into that i don't even know how you measure like if there's some test you can be like oh you have a immune immune system level 87 and this person is only 32 yeah but but if there is that, I, I think that that probably plays. I mean, obviously, it plays a role in getting sick in general. So. Exactly. Uh, well, it, um, well, you're kind of doing that every time you look at people because visual like characteristics are, I think, my understanding is are associated with immune system health very strongly. Mm -hmm. um, to a degree. So yeah, but, I think so. So in, in in that regard, a lot of these lockdown things, and ironically, are a really bad thing, right? Keep people indoors, no sunlight, yeah. no exercise, just weaken uh, the immune system. I was gonna right? say, I mean, clearly British people not the best looking. I'm just <laughs> okay. I'm gonna put it up. Not we. You went to the uh, that comedian Dylan Moraine. Oh yeah, Dylan Moraine. And oof, that audience. You, I said, I was like looking around. You remember that. This is from a guy who's dating a girl from the UK. Well, she, she's not actually English though. So that's. Oh, okay. But 
but um, no, the um, what were we talking about? The yeah, <laughs> genetics. Yeah, genetics. <laughs> uh, oh, the here's like uh, you know doing this comparison. It's so weird to me when I talk to people in the U.S. They have or or anywhere. It's like they have no idea what's like anything about Japan. Like they don't like people in America don't look at other countries to see what's going on. You know. Do you notice that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's always been the case, I would say. Yeah, I guess so. I just... I don't know. But by default, yeah. you assume... I don't, know, I don't know. At least it felt like that when I was living there. By default, you assume that whatever kind of the best practice is, is probably what the U.S. is doing, I don't know, compared to other countries. So it must not... It must be worse somewhere. It must be worse other places. Yeah. Kind of the default point of view. I guess I think I used to have. I think I think the media like chooses, you know, like, oh, the UK. Like let's compare with London or right. Italy. But it's like, well, those are like some of the worst places. Like why not why not throw in a, a place that's doing well? Or the, or they, they'll choose like New Zealand because New Zealand is English speaking and it's easy, you know? And it's like, oh, and they're doing and they have like zero cases. But there's nothing they won't they won't look at Japan, which is doing something also completely different from New Zealand. Right. It's like and so it's just it's weird to talk to people from the US and then they're just so they they have nothing to like they 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 haven't done the comparison with Japan, but I can quickly compare with the US. Right, right. And it, it's always weird, yeah. It, even like other foreigners in Japan, they always know what's going on in the U.S. Yeah, uh, half their tweets are about the U.S. But yeah, the U.S. doesn't have that much view into other countries unless they're English speaking. I think a lot of that's just pragmatic. Why, right? Like you can ask easily. You know, you can call an Australian newspaper yeah. and, or like read an Australian newspaper. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't know, but it, it's weird they don't try to look at policies other countries might be doing that are good. Yeah, <laughs> and do and do them. I don't know. Not that Japan has some great one, but it, it, the comparisons are, are definitely not there. Yeah, super weird. Um, uh, another thing about COVID, which uh, kind of didn't get to mention earlier, is like we were talking about like, comparing with the lockdown in California. I talked to one friend there, and she said that, like, she had messaged me like in the summer or something. Oh, like I miss giving people hugs. And like last time I talked to her, she remembered. She's like, I haven't been hugged. I haven't had a hug in like a year. And I was just, it made me sad, man. I'm like, and I think that's kind of like also a lot of. Does she live alone? Yeah, I think okay. she had a boyfriend and they broke up maybe like late last fall or something. I don't know. Um, but like, I think that's another thing is. And she hadn't been hugged for a year, so. <laughs> yeah, so I assume she doesn't have a boyfriend. <laughs> So well, I mean, like her boyfriend wasn't hugging her during the time they were. <laughs> going. I guess it's it's remote. That makes sense. But yeah. oh, sorry. When I say last year, I mean more than uh, twenty nineteen. Maybe they broke. Oh, up. okay. Yeah, that sorry. makes okay. That makes sense. So the, but, like I feel like uh, that was another thing that's a lot of people in California have moved there, you know, for jobs mm. or school or whatever, and then so they're not near family and they're kind of isolated and locked down, and so it's. It must be a lot like of what young people in Tokyo are experiencing that had to move from the countryside. Well, I guess, no, the, I but there's no lockdown. But, yeah. but um, 
Yeah. Yeah, the isolation thing. Yeah, probably really big too. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to look back at once all this is over and see what you can learn from this. I don't know. Yeah. If, if anything, if it's ever over, I'm not, not really sure. Yeah. So um, the vaccine stuff, maybe we should talk about what's going on in Japan with that versus U.S. It seems U.S. and U.K. are moving along pretty steadily getting vaccines. I don't. Are, are we going to get vaccines in Japan? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, like, I know we were supposed to, but like, oh god, like, and okay. Here's the funny the, the thing when I read the news about Japan vaccine, it's funny how every company has to partner with a Japanese company to like do anything here. Oh right, yeah. So it's like you have to partner with Takeda, and then like. And also, like, for reasonable, like, maybe if you're an RNA vaccine maker or whatever, you need to, like, cold storage doesn't really work that well internationally or, uh, sorry, across, like, over the ocean or whatever. But, like, I, I feel like that's always been true, where it's, like, uh, really the best way to get something, like, get something to market here is just to partner with the domestic part, like, a, a domestic player. Um, because there's just so much regular, like, Different regulatory hurdles and well, that yeah, that's what it is. Right? Under they the have table stuff, probably. Um, and it's like uh, it reminds me of that story. I think I already told in the podcast about um, what's the dick pill? Um, Viagra. Viagra. I knew you would know it. But the <laughs> the uh, like they they expedited the approval of Viagra because like the police were c- complaining in like Osaka or Kobe or something right. about busting people for it. Or like, so it's like, it wasn't really approved. Like it wasn't expedited because people like mm, in the normal expedition process, it was like, there's some special interest involved. Um, yeah, so, you know, I guess there's historical reasons for it, but the people in Japan aren't too keen or excited to get a vaccine. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of the lowest of any country to where the people are, like, wanting a vaccine. Yeah. So that, that I think, was the initial reason, although now it seems their people in the government are trying to say, like, oh, we're going to make a timeline that gets this out there. But, yeah, I think it's 2022, right, is... Is like when they're thinking vaccine. They've already said the vaccine not required for anything having to do with the Olympics. Uh, they still say the Olympics is happening. Yeah, that's the, the funniest thing. The, <laughs> the vaccine's not required, nor will they test uh, athletes who come here for COVID, I think. Like, uh, okay, so, oh man, we've got so many things. All right, so one is, remember, remember when we were talking, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I had heard that like basically, if they cancel, the real reason Japan doesn't want to cancel the vex, the the Olympics is because if Japan cancels, it's like they've terminated the agreement. I think with IOC, and they're liable for all the money they spent, like to promote it. They're you know they don't get anything. Uh, it's just like they blew a bunch of money and didn't get anything. Um. And but I think if IOC cancels it, then maybe uh, terminates the contract. Then basically, you know, then then Japan might get some money. So they, I think they would have if I if uh, IOC International Olympic Committee had canceled the contract, it would have been okay. 
like Japan would have been like, oh, okay, no problem. But <laughs> since I think IOC won't do that, um, you know, it just makes li Japan look bad. And then, well, also they're just gonna like try to go along with this fucking charade. Yeah, well, it's not clear what exactly will happen, but they, they have said no vaccine required for people to come, definitely athletes, but probably also spectators, which they're still thinking is possible. And then uh, they're relaxing a lot of their entry requirements uh, for testing, like negative testing being required. They, I think they're recommending that you get tested for COVID before you fly to Japan, but it's not required like it is for uh, even Japanese now, it's required if you're flying from somewhere else back to Japan. But th again, they might revise all these because if anything, it seems they're mostly worried about these new strains that are popping up uh, all over and now in Japan. And now they're like relocking down things. So it, they might revise a lot of what's required. But uh, no matter what, um, you're going to have some athletes, you know, not being able to participate, whether it's something having to do in their country before they come here or testing after they come here, or something like this. So it feels like even if they, best case scenario, do the Olympics in some form, you're going to have, like, I don't know, asterisks on this because you're, in, you know, in some event, some top guy or girl couldn't participate because they got a positive test and now somebody else won the gold. Yeah. Yeah, like, no one's, yeah, no one's going to care, like, <laughs> about the results if the top people don't. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be like, oh, well, you 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 got the the COVID gold medal. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, you know, I I I think I told you the I did have to apply to get a refund on the tickets I got you and me for wheelchair <laughs> basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the Paralympics is canceled, right? Like that one's canceled, is it not? Uh, well, now I'm very confused. So. They would have the regular Olympics. Can I say regular I Olympics? So. I don't know what I'm yeah. allowed to say. Olympics, I think they call it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, the, but the Paralympics are canceled? That seems... I thought, they, I thought they had canceled them, but I might not be, might not be right on that. Um, so, so give your prediction here. What's your uh, thing? Olympics or no Olympics? Oh. In, in, in any form, in any form, Olympics or no Olympics. In 2021, uh, I'm gonna go with no Olympics. Okay. Okay. Um, because I, mm, I'm gonna okay. Well, here here's why I think a big country might drop out. And like that means little countries can get gold medals now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they happen. I don't think it's. I think there's asterisks. I mean, if you, they're not not officially asterisks, but. I think everyone will treat it as like it wasn't a, a full, fully fledged Olympics, uh, but I think they'll I think they'll do them. I think there'll be events. Uh, I, I could see I could see certain events being canceled maybe because of lack of people being able to participate. But I, I do think so. Like for example, some teams of some country might not go, and that might be a whole thing with a couple teams doing that. But yeah. anyway, I think I think you'll have wait uh, here. here let me revise that because I just realized that. Maybe Olympic athletes get vaccinated earlier, like they get to the front of the line. I don't think they're, they're allowed to. Yeah, not allowed <laughs> to in uh, in Cuba, huh? And official, yeah. officially, you've got uh, thirty year olds playing uh, like under eighteen baseball, but we can't. I mean, they figured out how to do this in other sports, yeah. which makes me think. 
you know, there's a lot of sports going on a lot at once. There's a lot of logistics to that. But it makes me think there is some way they could pull off a lot of different events. Whether they'll pragmatically actually look at other sports and try to do that, like make a bubble city, uh, like the UFC or something, I, I'm not sure. Or I think the NBA did that too. I'm not sure if they'll actually be able to do all that. Um, and I also don't know what testing they're actually going to enforce. Like if they're going to be like, okay, before this event, you need to get tested. And before you do this and that, you need to be tested. If they do that, I think, yeah, you're going to have a lot of crazy stories about, you know, someone popping positive or like, you know, I, I, don't, popping I don't know. Popping positive. They're not, not juicing, not man. It's not <laughs> like, it's juicing. Like, okay. But you know what? You know he tested positive after the event. Yeah. So he got to take away his medal. He participated and he he fraudulently showed a negative uh, testing result. You know, even if you get the vaccine, you know you can still test positive to the stuff. So it's like if you get a vaccine, do you then not test them? Or since they are in, they could be infectious to other people. You need to test no matter whether they have a vaccine or not. And then, in which case do you let an athlete? who has the vaccine but also tested positive participate you know it's a it can get really i don't know kind of dirty there about what what you're actually going to enforce and not enforce so i don't know it's japan so maybe it'll just be like let's just not test yeah but if you don't if you don't feel good then you can't participate but if you if we check your temperature and it's fine you can you're good to go like I don't know. Maybe because they do that in restaurants everywhere. They're like, we'll we'll look at the temperature on your uh, wrist, and if it's good, you can go to your box. Oh, uh, that, that's also the funniest thing is like in, in Japan they check the temperature everywhere you go, but like the temperature, like that's also that ha- your temperature goes up when you're really sick, which is when you're less transmissible. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, shouldn't you like? And also like if your temperature is really high you're probably not going to the restaurant it's like <laughs> why yeah you're, 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 it's just ridiculous but yeah i don't know i could see them doing and i don't know so maybe teams will pull out because they don't like the covid protocol that the olympic thing is doing or i don't know there's enough corruption and money involved in the olympics i just have a hard time seeing them not do it for some reason uh postponing is possible but i, I don't think likely at this point if you postpone it, you got to do it till next year, and then you're going to have a winter and a summer at the same time. Although, although the dates would be different, I don't necessarily see what the problem with that would be. But I don't know. There's no there's no guarantee 2022 gets you fully out of out of all this either. So I think they just maybe push through it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a good one. But well, well, it'll be interesting to watch as that goes along. All right, so we got COVID, we got the Olympics. What else? Are we going to tap into censorship today, or, or? Uh, we can we can touch on it. Uh, a lot a lot of mayhem in the U.S. I, I didn't pay attention much. The the inauguration was yesterday. I didn't really see. All I saw was Snowden and Assange not getting a pardon. Yeah, uh, that that was the only thing I saw. So yeah, a lot a lot of mayhem there with that and social media and capital riots and Jesus, yeah. So when I was, because we were talking about doing a recap of 2020, I was thinking about, for me, one of the biggest things in 2020, like uh, changes or um, like more personally um, was the, well, is what you got me onto, which was legal YouTube as as like a source of information. 
So when I look back at 2020, I'm like, um, I already had like some understanding of legal agreements and stuff, but uh, legal YouTube, like Viva and Barnes, um, what is the other one? Nate? Is Nate? Yeah, Nate, the lawyer. Nate, the lawyer. Um, and now, like, I saw so that Viva participated in some, like, debates or panels with other litigators. Oh, yeah. lawyers. You got Dershowitz. There's, uh, Le- what is it, Legal Eagle. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of this. It, it is fascinating to see all the news stories through the lens of, like, actual law. I mean, I find it interesting. Yeah, and and it, I think it lets you, it, it helps you think better about those topics mm-hmm. and gives you more context and, and be able to understand things better. And I really like watching that also because they reference in the, in the chan- like in the videos, they often reference um, like firsthand information, like evidence or, or like the lawsuits how how they are drafted and what is the what was actually said in it like they just show it to you on the screen um which is a lot different from you know reporting where it's like oh someone filed a lawsuit and it does this i was like yeah yeah totally i guess that's a that's the part i really appreciate i know my wife always looks over and she's like he's watching a video with a pdf on the screen that he's reading yeah yeah he's reading it's like it looks really crazy but yeah but it's nice because then also you can pause it or if you if you want to yeah. reread it. Or, and yeah, it's so funny because there's another thing is like not only do most people not – it also helps me understand a bit better like the structure of our judicial and political systems mm-hmm. itself by understanding like through use cases basically. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this lawsuit goes here and then this is what could happen and then um, it'll go to this court or this – like what is standing and – <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, and what, what's like a normal procedure thing that you know becomes yeah. a news story, but it's a non-story because this is just normal procedure with how these things go through, or what's a weird thing that actually happened that usually never happens yeah. uh, from a judge doing? Yeah, like having a window on that. I, I, just, I don't understand what the news does if if this is what you have to go to YouTube to get to hear from a lawyer. I mean, lawyers are on news channels all the time, but they never talk about like actual law. It's like opinion pieces. You know, uh, it's weird. Yeah. The other thing I, like, from my experience, because I've met a lot of lawyers, is that most of them, most, okay, so first of all, I I don't know if you've ever seen the graph of, like, how many lawyers are actually produced in the U.S. versus how many jobs are available. But it's it's really ugly. Um, Maybe we should get that uh, queued (laughs) up for next episode. But, like, most lawyers I meet their knowledge is actually very limited to the area of practice. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, so I find like I, I'm kind of worried that like if, uh, if I sent like the illegal YouTube videos or like I, I tr- no, if I just tried to talk about some of these topics with like mm-hmm. my friend's wife or something that they would have no comment because they actually don't know how how the right. system works and that right. makes me uncomfortable well well i think this might have even been a, uh, a, a something I, I learned from one of those legal youtubers but um there's some study that shows that people who are like an expert in some field like they're the most critical of stories from other experts in their field mm. 
And but then if they see a story that's from a field outside of their expertise, they're generally trusting that it's probably true. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just always a really interesting thing. Like, yeah. the more you know about a subject, the more you're you're confident enough to be skeptical, or, yeah. or or you know you know what you don't know about a thing. Like, yeah. Like when when I was doing a lot of engineering things, it's like, well, if you ask me about that, I'm just going to say I have no idea about like thermal the thermodynamics of that, how that works. But I don't know. It's like you're more confident in both what you know and don't know, and call bullshit. Yeah. A lot well, of you're stories, describing right? the Dunning. Is it Dunning Kruger? Is that what it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. There's something like that, right? Like you, yeah. you're always like any anytime I send you a link about bio things, you're like, yeah, that's complete. That doesn't, you know, yeah. this is garbage and that's garbage. But then if you see a story, if I see a story like I don't know, an astronomy, I'm just like, well, that's probably true. You know, I don't know anything about. You could tell me anything about orbits of something, and I had no idea, so I just assume that the article is true. I think it's similar in that in that regard, right? Like the more like these lawyers have a really specialized knowledge, and yeah. they might not have any opinions on other things because they're like, "Well, I just don't know. I know I don't know anything about that." Yeah, it might be surprising that you know everything is more niche. Like there isn't, even though everybody's a lawyer, like that it's so well defined that. I don't know. In engineering, I guess I'm familiar with that kind of concept. But yeah, a lawyer sounds like they would know about all the laws. Right. Like I, I, I couldn't tell you much about chemistry, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I, I couldn't comment on it or something. Right. But it's like, oh, but, you know, yeah, you, you do science. Yeah, stuff. my aunt. Uh, what do you think about? Like, this? I can do anything, right? Like, <laughs> right. Just right, give me right. a pipette. Or something, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think there's probably then you know that makes always makes me think like this creator sort of revolution whatever you want, you know especially through the pandemic of all these um people making making more content and people consuming more content i, I only think these lenses are going to increase and it's like what other that that was like a really eye-opening lens to to see a lot of news stories through with like actual lawyers yeah. going through these things there has to be more of these lenses uh that might be interesting to people to to view stories right like and act, like there's doc, there's medical youtube too where there's doctors like yeah, i know they, re- some they review too. like tv shows right and they're like, let's go through Doctor House and talk about this thing that they said. What's true about that? What's completely bullshit? Those are really interesting too. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's the, uh, the same thing for engineers, or I don't know. Yeah, stuff. the uh, going back a step. The what were we saying? The um, experts, blah blah blah. Well, okay. Well, first of all, Doctor House, you basically just gives everyone steroids to start off with. <laughs> He's like, I, well, yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is. So are you telling me that's, that's like real life or not? <laughs> I think <laughs> it is actually a really common. It's like, oh, fuck, we don't know what to do. Just give them some steroids. Right. Their immune system is acting too strong, which is mm-hmm. the same thing with COVID, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but uh, um, the legal YouTube. Ex- ex- experts. Yeah, experts. And uh, their opinions on things, maybe. Oh, oh, what you were describing earlier is essentially the like peer review, though, right? Mm. It's this like right. um, when you submit a science uh, article for publication, the experts in that area will review it, and they're super harsh. Like, right, right. and also usually it's just the incentives are fucked up, so like they want you to cite their paper, <laughs> for example. Mm. So. Mm. So they get another citation. So they like point out something about your paper that you didn't put in that that is they think is relevant, and then you can't get around them because they're a reviewer. So it's just easier to cite them than. Uh, but um, yeah, it's funny. Like so, you have like 
newscasters or something who are not experts in any of these fields and then they but they they still think they can do peer review <laughs> like um yeah uh and i i, I also i don't want to say only experts can or like only you need a special title to do peer peer review because i see people um who even do youtube channels um that i uh like my friends that makes a popular youtube channel his rigor is actually higher than a lot of scientists mm. I've met in, in some ways for a given topic. Like he's actually very rigorous. And I think that's like one of the ways to just generally evaluate something like, is this rigorous or not? And you kind of get a sense of that by becoming an expert in any area, mm -hmm. like uh, in a way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of like this. I, I, maybe there's no way that any kind of news channel can, actually do this because they have like you know time constraints and all this kind of stuff but i uh, i just remembered that there is um a physicist guy who does similar things uh neil degrasse tyson he's always talking about like the, oh this movie had a lot of fake science this movie had a lot of real science i, I guess this thing has kind of been around for a while but i, I do think that yeah th it's an interesting way to go about uh that, i don't know learning stuff or like processing news stories where generally you are given like uh, an event happened. Let me tell you what it was. Yeah, you know, which which I, I, I hate, it just drives me crazy. It's like even even like a pretty good person recently like was had a story that is kind of a censorship story. But in the in the article, it's like they they told me what the tweet was, and I'm like, can you not just put the tweet in your article? Like by definition, these things are like 130 characters. Yeah. Like, so it was a throwaway kind of sentencing, but it's like an assumption of oh, the tweet meant this. I think it's you're like, talking you just about show me Trump's the tweet. tweet. I yeah, but think. it's like, well, just just show me the tweet. I mean, why? You know, it's not like I just can't. I just don't like articles when they just like the point of the article wasn't that. The point of the article was something else. But if you're just starting your basis on something, just show me the thing. You know, yeah. we're in the internet, right? Well, I get so pissed off when uh, basically it's like. How do how do people not know how to reference or like just show me your references? Yeah, and I mean, we're, it's, like, it's the internet, right? Yeah. You can make a web page infinitely long. You can make yeah. a video infinitely long. You can make audio infinitely long. Just if you're gonna have a thing, just put it out there. And I, I don't think you did it necessarily with bad intentions. It was yeah. just a pet peeve of mine. It's just like, well, just show, especially when it's a tweet. I get if you're gonna point me to a 5,500 page PDF, you know, maybe link it. But if it's just a tweet, everybody's. How many articles do you see where they just put the picture of the tweet in the article? It's just like that's all I wanted. Uh, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, so I think uh, I know that's maybe a tangent, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for that kind of content. Well, I, I think that's uh, you know starting to uh, um, you know get transition us to what we're probably going to talk about in in later episodes, right? Which is um, censorship. And I I actually started today. Uh, putting together like a list of things that I would like to talk about, uh, like specific laws that we've been, you and I have been talking about off and on, and other and they become, I would say, legal. YouTube taught me about Section Two Thirty of the Communications Decency Act, right? Is that what it's called? But uh, like six months or nine months before it became a popular topic. Oh yeah. Right. Like they were the first, but there's so many laws like that that I think um, are so relevant to what's happening in our world now that uh, would be really cool to dive into. 
Yeah, and it, that's a good example of one of these things. It's like Section 230, this stuff is not, this is not very long, right? Yeah. It, it is kind of crazy that like you have important topics and, and like all that, uh, what everything is based on is like three sentences. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's like, but then you get like a 5,200 uh, bill on COVID. Yeah. blabbering on forever it's like well how can some of these laws it's just amazing how short they are but that's a good example of one that you can just read yeah it's just like go read it it's really simple to read um and then yeah then there's a lot of opinion there's probably you know 100x the opinion written about 230 than what actually 230 is yeah um but yeah censorship is is interesting legal point of view practical point of view uh strategic point of view like i don't know some of these things are just like can you not can we, can we? Nobody thinks more than one step ahead, like on on some of these actions. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a long topic, though. So we we'll, we can do that one uh, maybe next, uh, actually. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, any other topics and you think uh, are coming think, up? Um, in, you in yeah, maybe predictions for twenty twenty one. I know that was that was on our list. Didn't really get to it, other than the Olympics. Uh, um, most of everything I've been reading, like I, I kind of gave the the news or politics or whatever you want to call everything a break. And uh, besides listening to 1980s CIA interviews of ex CIA agents, um, I just finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, when you when you know all the money that's being printed on all this uh, COVID relief and stimulus and vaccines, whenever that finishes, whether it's going to be different for different countries, but. Uh, whenever that finishes, what's going to happen? And uh, the, I've been spending time on that. Uh, mm. Not that that's a necessarily an interesting topic, but yeah, maybe maybe let's look into some other things. Censorship is high on the list. Um, I don't know if there's any other topics you see for 2021. Oof. Um, well, I, I like the direction of of you know, like we were talking about earlier, what's going on in Japan and how it's just different from the U.S. Yeah. Um, and I feel like people really don't like. Okay, here's the thing: a situation that's happened when I've talked to my girlfriend, but also just in general when I talk to Americans, is they get in the mindset where because all they like they they read the they read the news or they watch the news in the U.S. and they they think there's only two opinions on a topic. Like you're either on this way or this way is. And if you don't, if they have opinion A and you're like, oh, no, I don't agree with that, they think you're like a bad, they think you have opinion B and you're a bad person. But then it's like if you actually have a conversation up, they, they understand that oh, actually your opinion is opinion C. And they're like, mind is blown. I'm like, well, you know, like, why did you think there was only two ways to do this? Or Yeah, and, and I see that on uh, both sides for sure. I mean, mo- most of my friends, I would say, are middle, middle right. And I see them... There's a lot of make believe left things like oh if you, if you you don't believe this one then it must be the left I don't know it, so there's there's always been this problem of bucket of opinions right yeah. and when you only have re, like Republicans and Democrats it's like well you can just all you need to do is ask one question and then you know the whole bucket of opinions that they have yeah 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 and so it's really complex and I, I think you know both sides are assuming that there's everyone. Only has there's only two buckets, right? And that, that's true on both sides, and it's quite complicated. And I think, uh, and I think most things are like pragmatically, you know, they they're like you just need to make a quick snap decision all the time on stuff. So it's just easiest to think, oh, it's either this or this, especially when you're watching the news thing. And otherwise, look how much time you have to devote to really understanding something. 
It's like you got to go watch uh, three hours of legal YouTube to understand. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to realistically do that on all these topics. So I don't know what a good solution is. Yeah. Uh, on, on that, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's on there too. All right. So cool. Um, anyway, I, it was good to get back into something of a of a flow of trying to put thoughts out there. Yeah, maybe I think um, try to do this a bit right more regularly. Yeah, let's do it, and uh, maybe we'll uh, this time. I think we were just trying to cover a bunch of stuff, and uh, maybe also we'll talk about some funny things in Japan again, like uh, divorce. Oh, <laughs> like uh, yeah, that's that, that was <laughs> damn it. That was the question that I was thinking earlier when you were talking about. Uh, you were saying Japanese don't want to get vaccinated. Um, yeah. I was thinking, like, what do you think the percentage breakdown is for, like, what percent of uh, Japanese men age 35 to 45 would rather get the vaccine or rather get divorced? Like, <laughs> if I mean, if if they had to okay. pick one, like, <laughs> well, I, I, but then. Uh, hmm. I mean, like they can get the vaccine, or they. And when I say can, I mean maybe they they're scared of it, I, but maybe yeah. That, there's a lot of assumptions yeah. built into that. Like <laughs> they don't they don't want a divorce. Is that built into it, or do they want a divorce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like divorce without consequences, or just a typical. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, yeah. I, I know. Like, uh, is it a divorce where they get to see their children, or? Well, well, I, 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 yeah, exactly. So I think your real question is actually the opposite. Would you rather stay married or have COVID? Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Later.